Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. News about the voice crying out in the wilderness was spreading all over the area. And crowds were coming out to see him, to hear him. John was preaching about repentance and he was preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. The crowds came out because they wanted to hear the one speaking who had been prophesied of by Isaiah more than 700 years earlier, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. John was out in the wilderness calling out sin and calling people to repentance. His message was pretty simple. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so masses of people were coming out to John, not just religious people, quote-unquote, but all kinds of people were coming out to John. Tax collectors, soldiers, shopkeepers, farmers, shepherds, rich and poor, young and old, men and women, all kinds of people were coming out to John to hear his message. And then having heard his message, having been convicted of their sinfulness, their need to repent, having heard that the kingdom of God was drawing near, they then confessed their sins and they received baptism in the Jordan River. Now, what kinds of sins do you think these people were confessing? Well, we can identify at least some of the sins pretty easily from the account we have in Luke chapter 3 of those who were going out to John. It says, the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Well, what kind of sinfulness is there that John is addressing here? Uh, selfishness, self-centeredness, failure to love your neighbor as yourself. This is one of the types of sins confessed by those coming out to John. Tax collectors also came out to be baptized by him and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Well, what kind of sin was being confessed here? Uh, clearly, they were cheating others, weren't they? They were using their position of authority in, a, in order to exploit others. They had taken advantage of others, and they were confessing this. Soldiers also came to him. And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be content with your wages. Uh, once again, what do we have? Abuse of authority. We have discontentment as well. Now there's a whole lot more that, uh, uh, a lot more types of sins that were being confessed to John. But this is just a, a quick glimpse at some of them. So here's the scene. John the Baptist, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, who is preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, had all kinds of sinful people coming out to him, confessing their sins and receiving a baptism of repentance. 
we sure would have fit in with that crowd, wouldn't we? We've got plenty of sins that we could confess. Maybe we're like the tax collectors, and maybe we're like the soldiers, and maybe we're just like that whole group of people who have to confess their selfishness and their failure to love their neighbor as themselves. Maybe we have other more specific sins that we could confess. Pornography, adultery, addiction, abortion, hate, jealousy, envy, disrespect, covetousness, on and on and on. Yeah, we'd fit in with that crowd just fine, wouldn't we? (laughs) We would be there as those who know their sin. But they hear the voice of God through John. And they're looking for God's forgiveness. But there in the midst of that mass of sinful people, there was one who had no need of repentance because he had no sin to confess. In the midst of those people stood Jesus. I love how Matthew's gospel brings Jesus back into the story here. He's kind of uh, introduced John in the earlier part of chapter 3, and then, then he introduces Jesus. And after giving a summary of the work of John the Baptist, Matthew writes this. Then Jesus came. <laughs> That's it right there. Then Jesus came, right? Here's all of these sinful people going out to John, confessing their sin. Then Jesus came. There's something different here, right? This is a call back to the opening chapter of Matthew's gospel, something we heard a few weeks ago in the last Sunday of Advent. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as she considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Matthew is having a call back to that name of Jesus, and he tells us what the name Jesus means, right? The name of Jesus means he will save his people from their sins, right? That name Jesus we talked about with the kids last Sunday, I think. What does it mean? The Lord saves. Yahweh is salvation. So when Matthew introduces Jesus into the picture in chapter 3, the use of that name of Jesus is a reminder of who he is and what he's come to do. And, and that's, that's why it's so shocking when, and then came Jesus, and what does Jesus want? To be baptized. Well, John, John is like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, no, 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 no. I need to be baptized by you. You don't need to be baptized by me. I'm the sinner, <laughs> not you. But Jesus insists. What does he say? Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? (laughs) Why should Jesus, the sinless Son of God, the Savior, receive baptism? I, I like the way Luther explains this. Jesus accepted it from John for the reason that he was entering into our stead, into our person. 
That is, becoming a sinner for us, taking upon himself the sins which he had not committed and wiping them out and drowning them in his holy baptism. He enters into our place to bear our sin so that he can be washed with that water, so that when we are washed with water and the word, because of him, we can actually be called children of God. We can be called righteous because our sins are forgiven. The righteousness of Christ is given to us because he takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness. In baptism, we are united with Jesus in his death and resurrection, just as Romans 6 tells us. I love the, that it says we are united with him. But that, that word united in Greek, it, it has a cool meaning. It really means that we're, we're grown together with him. We're weaved together with him. We are like intertwined in a way that is inseparable. When we're baptized into Christ, well, we're in him and his, he's in us. So Jesus isn't baptized for his own sake. He's baptized for our sake. As the baptismal prayer in our baptismal rite says, Jesus sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. Now, after Jesus is baptized, what happens? The Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove, lands on him, stays on him, and God the Father says what? This is my beloved Son. Now, the descent of the Holy Spirit calls our attention back to today's Old Testament reading. Uh, our Old Testament reading for today is from Isaiah 42. This is one of the servant songs of Isaiah. There are four servant songs, and they... They all highlight a different aspect of what the servant, well, the servant is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God who comes. The servant is Jesus. So Isaiah is prophesying of something that won't happen for another 700 plus years. But he's prophesying about this servant and what this servant will come and do. And in this, the first servant song, we have the Holy Spirit being placed upon the servant Right? And then it tells us what that servant has come to do. So when the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus, lands upon him, remains on him, this is an indication for everyone present, everyone hearing about this. Oh, this is the servant that Isaiah was telling us about. So listen to those words from that first servant song again, and listen to what Isaiah tells us about this servant, about this Jesus. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says the Lord, God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you a covenant as a covenant for the people, a light 
for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, this, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He's a light to the nations. He sets us free from the dungeon of sin. He doesn't break us in our weakness or blow out the, the faintly burning wick of our faith because we're struggling, but he instead brings forth justice. And so we come to this servant, to this Jesus, to this Savior, who was baptized for our sake and offers us baptism into his righteousness. And we return to him by confessing our sin again and again and again, knowing a bruised reed he will not break, a faintly burning wick he will not quench. In a way, I think the baptism of Jesus, as recorded in Matthew, it's a lot like what happens every Sunday. A whole bunch of people get together in one place. A whole bunch of sinful people get together in one place. And they hear a voice telling them, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then comes Jesus. And he comes and he forgives your sins. And he tends to you in your weakness. And he says, your sins are mine. My righteousness is yours. Go in peace, baptized children of God. You are loved. You are chosen. You are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.